Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm excited to speak to you this morning. Uh, I want to thank you for inviting me into your living rooms or into your dining room or wherever it is uh, you're uh, following. I want to begin this morning by sharing a story with you. There was once a man who was caught stealing, and uh, that was really unfortunate for him because at that time, the penalty for stealing was execution. So when the prison guard came to take this man to his execution, he said something amazing. He said he didn't want to die because he had a great secret. See, the thief claimed to know of a magic garden where any seed could be planted and it would instantly grow and then it would produce harvest forever. He alone knew the location of this garden and it would surely be a shame for that secret to die with him. So the guard was intrigued uh, and he told his captain, who was also interested, and who told the king. They were very curious to see this magical garden. So they allowed the men, the, the thief, to take the men to this garden to show them. He led them just outside of town to a hidden little garden spot. And he cleared a place, he dug a little hole in the ground, and then he held up some seeds. And he said, the secret to this garden is that the seed will only grow magically if it's planted by someone who has never stolen. I, being a thief, cannot plant these seeds. So he handed the seeds to the guard. Now the guard said, last month I borrowed a horse from my neighbor and I have yet to return it. I cannot plant these seeds. And he handed the seeds to his captain, who said, I need to be honest, I never pay for my dinner when I eat at the inn. I cannot plant these seeds. And he handed the seeds to the king. The king said, I'm embarrassed, but this fancy coat that I'm wearing now belongs to my brother. I cannot plant these seeds. The king recognized the irony of this situation, so he pardoned the man. And then he turned to the men and he said, we must be more careful, brothers, lest we all become thieves unaware. Our text for this morning um, is very simple. It is the eighth commandment. And it's found in Exodus uh, chapter 20, verse 15, and it says, thou shalt not steal. Some translations it says, you must not steal. But either way, it's a very simple commandment. And, and like I said, this is the eighth of the Ten Commandments that Moses, that God gave to Moses, and Moses gave to the people of Israel. And even though that was thousands of years ago that that commandment was spoken, that is, that is still a part of law, a part of moral code that has been in every civilized uh, culture since then. It's something we all know. It's ingrained in us. It's something we were taught as little kids. Don't touch what's not yours. Don't take what doesn't belong to you. Don't steal. But I want to take a minute this morning and talk to you about uh, not stealing. Not so much as a moral code, but more than that. What does that mean in our relationships, in the way that we interact with each other? As, as hopefully you're aware, we've been doing a series for a couple of months now, called Relationships 101. We've ta been talking about the commandments that God has given us and the way that they relate to our relationships. And the key point, I, I want to remind you of this key point, is that when we put God first in our lives, all of our relationships are healthier. And so these commandments that God has given us are not just about how we make things right between us and Him, but the commandments he gives are a guideline for us to relate to others. So 
what does this commandment, you should not steal, have to say about our relationships? When we take something from someone else, we're communicating something about that person. We're communicating something about how we feel and think about the person we've stolen from. What we're communicating is that we don't respect them. Whether that's a person or an uh, organization or, or whatever it might be, we're saying, um, we're communicating, I don't respect them as much. And so the, the point is, and I want you to get this, is how we act reveals who we respect. And I'll say that again. How we act towards people reveals who we respect. Because if you respect a person, then you respect their stuff. You respect their possessions. You respect their space. Theft affects more than just a person's stuff. It affects more than just their possessions. When you take from somebody else, it's not just one person has less and another person has more. It also communicates disrespect to that person. And it destroys the trust in that relationship. And it doesn't just affect the person stealing and the person stolen from. It, it destroys trust in the entire community. Yesterday, I took a drive out to Perry Market to get some of their donuts. They do have some delicious donuts. Um, and, and Max was with me, my, my son Max, and we went into the store to get um, some donuts. And we filled up a box of donuts, well, a couple of boxes of donuts, but that's neither here nor there. And we took the boxes of donuts to the register, and you know, we go up to, the, to pay for them. And the lady asks how many donuts there are, and I told her how many dozens of donuts we had. And, uh, and we pay and we leave. And so as we're leaving, my son says to me, you know, it's surprising that more people don't steal donuts because you could just say however many are in the box and that's how many you pay for. How do they know how many you've actually taken? And I thought, you know, he's right. He, he's, he's definitely right about that, that our society relies on trust. And if people just started taking donuts, uh, sticking one extra one in there, then they wouldn't be able to sell them that way. And so when somebody steals... It affects all of us. It not only destroys the relationship between two people, but it affects the whole community. If we're going to take this commandment seriously, then we need to realize that stealing takes many forms. This verse, Exodus 20, 15, in the Amplified Version of the Bible, explains it a little bit more, and I like the way it explains it. It says, stealing can be secretly. That's maybe the first way we think of stealing, is when no one knows what you're taking but it can also be openly. Stealing can also be fraudulently when you're deceiving somebody out of something. And stealing can be carelessness. And I know that for me, that's one that um, I might be guilty of is just not paying close enough attention to how I'm handling somebody else's money or possessions. And I'm taking from them without even realizing that I'm doing it. One common commentator that I read actually said, listed excessive bargaining as a way that we steal from others. And, and I know how that can be um, when you're trying to get a really good deal and maybe you're taking advantage of somebody. I can think of times I've gone shopping maybe at like a, a yard sale and I see something I want at a yard sale and I say to the person, well, I've only got $5 on me right now, so, which may or may not be true, but then when they say, well, the lowest I'll take is 10, somehow I'm able to come up with the extra five. And so we kind of manipulate the situation to try to get what belongs to somebody else. Stealing, it, it really, it can be more than robbery. It could be lying on your timesheet 
So you're getting paid a little bit more than you, than you worked. It could be borrowing somebody else's car and then not filling up the gas tank when you, when you give the car back. It could be using the uh, tax exemption for your organization maybe when you're making a personal purchase and you probably shouldn't have. There's lots of little ways, like the king said, that we become thieves unaware if we're not paying close enough attention. So I think we ought to ask ourselves, what are we communicating when we take from someone else? There's two points I want to I give you uh, in reference to this scripture as, as we kind of look at this commandment. And the first one is this. We honor God when we respect other people. The commandment he gave is quite simple. You must not steal. But underlying that commandment is the intrinsic value that God places on people, on each and every single person, whether you like them or not, whether you respect them or not, whether you value that person or not, God does. And though he gives us that commandment not to take from other people, not to take advantage of other people, not to take for ourselves. And really, um, the commandment is not just not to steal, but the commandment that Jesus gave us is to love one another. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, links these two things together. He says, the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. And when he's talking about the law, he's actually referring to the Ten Commandments. He says so. He says, the commandments are, don't commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any of the other commandments that, that we have, they are all summed up with this one simple phrase, you shall love your neighbor. So when we take from somebody else, whether it's secretly or fraudulently or through excessive bargaining, are we showing them the, the love, the love of Christ? When we see this commandment through the lens of relationship, we see that really it's about respecting other people. I thought of this one time when uh, we were here at church doing some work project and we needed a tool, and I can't remember what the tool was, but we needed some tool that we didn't have on hand. And I knew pretty sure that Pastor Chris had one of these tools in his garage. And somebody sent him a text message or a call or whatever to ask him if we could borrow it, and we weren't able to get a hold of him. And I remember thinking, I, I know it's probably in his garage, right on his bench. I know where it is. I could probably get it, use it, and put it right back, and he would never know. And I'm sure that when someone finally does reach him, he's going to say, go ahead and use it as long as you put it back. Um, but we, haven't, we, we don't have his permission yet. And something inside of me said, it's just not right. Even though we're doing a project uh, here at the church, even though I'm pretty sure he would be okay with it, it's still not right to go and take something that I don't have permission to. And I couldn't do it. It's because I respect Pastor Chris. It's not because I was worried about the loss that would be to him or I was worried about anything else. It's because of respect for that person. So in that example, I'm talking about a person that I and you respect a lot and would respect his, his stuff. But the thing is, this commandment also applies to people that maybe we don't respect as much. Let's say, hypothetically of course, but let's say you have a boss that you don't get along with. Let's say you have a boss that you don't really respect. They're not kind to you. Maybe they don't seem very smart. They don't seem like they know what they're doing. Uh, and you have a hard time respecting this boss. And then, some Friday afternoon, as you're leaving work, you realize the boss accidentally paid you an extra $20. Maybe you would think, you know what, they had it coming. It's their own fault. You know, it's not my job to make sure they're paying me the right amount. 
I'll just I'll do what they say. But we need to have a different attitude. We need to say, because I honor God, I'm going to respect this person. Not because of who that person is, but because of what I believe about God. The second thing I want to say about this commandment is that when we, we honor God by maintaining our own integrity. In Proverbs 11, the writer says that God detests dishonest scales. And when he uses this word scales, he's not talking about the scale in your bathroom that you go and weigh yourself on. Maybe you detest those scales. But God is saying he detests dishonest scales, and he's referring to the scales that the Jewish traders would use in the marketplace. And when they would make deals and they would sell and buy, they would use scales to weigh out what they're, what they're trading and selling. And so if you wanted to get an advantage on someone, you might have a slightly dishonored, uh, unfairly weighted scale to gain an advantage. And God hates that kind of stuff. God hates that dishonesty in trading. You know, and you might think um, that there's some, that there are some thefts that don't really hurt anybody, that nobody really knows. Maybe when you, uh, you know, do your taxes and you claim something that, you know, is a questionable claim. Who does that really hurt? And who's even really going to know? Who's even really going to find out? You might think there's some thefts that don't hurt anyone, but I want to I suggest this that when you steal, you damage your own soul. So regardless of what justification you might make, there's always a victim, and it's first and foremost you. Because you're doing something that you know you shouldn't, and you hurt yourself. So the problem is, the problem is, you might say nobody will ever know. But if you know it's wrong, then you know that it's wrong. When you do something you know is wrong, that um, damages your soul, it damages your integrity. Integrity means doing what's right even when nobody else will know. And that's how you know. Um, I remember this time when I was younger, I had a job uh, driving a pumper truck, which is to say porta potty cleaner. And I used to drive around and, and uh, empty porta potties and clean them out. It, you know, it's not a glamorous job, but it, it paid the bills. So I uh, was working at this, this construction site one day, or stopping at a construction site, and it cleaned out their porta potty. And the, the contractor there, he lived in a camper that was right next to the site. And he said, hey, can you uh, clean out my, uh, my camper? Sure, no big deal. I just connect the hose of my pumper truck to the outlet of his camper and sucked it empty. And he gave me five bucks. And I'm like, cool. And I cleaned up, put everything back, and, and started driving off down the road. And then I thought, what do I do with that $5 bill? In fact, I remember I actually pulled over and uh, called my friend and I said, Got a little bit of a moral dilemma here. What do I do with this? You see, because he gave me the $5. He didn't give it to my company. And it's not like it cost them anything for me to be there. I was already there. And the time it took to pump out the truck, I mean, they're not going to know that it took me an extra 10 minutes. Like, they didn't lose anything on this deal. And he gave me the money. And I figured, I'm in the clear here. Uh, no one, plus, no one's going to even ever know that he gave it to me. There's no record of this. But... As I thought more about it, I thought it started to kind of eat away at me inside. I thought, I can't keep it. It's, it's going to bother me. I know where it came from. So when I got back to the, the shop at the end of the day, I you know, gave them the $5 and said, you know, someone gave me this, and, and they took it. And I felt a lot better. And I've decided, and I think this is something we should all decide, is that I'm not going to take 
what God hasn't given me. Whether that might be through just actually stealing it or whether that's finding something or gaining something that um, was dishonest. And I'm, I'm not going to take what God hasn't given me. You know, maybe you've experienced this before where you're at a store and uh, you give out to your car after shopping and you realize the cashier gave you the wrong change. Now, of course, if the cashier shorted you, didn't give you enough change, you know you're definitely going back in there to get your money. But what if the cashier accidentally gave you just a little bit too much? Do you take the time to go back in and return? I mean, it was their mistake. Plus, especially if it's a big store, who's going to even notice a couple dollars? Like, it's not even worth my time, right? You know, here's another lesson uh, I've learned is that the more justifications you make, the more trouble you're in. Justifications should serve as sort of a red flag when you start justifying your behavior. You should take a look at it and see. So as you're out there in the car thinking, you know, should I take this money back? They're not ever going to know. You decide, I'm not going to take what God hasn't given me. And if this money didn't come through God's provision, then it's not mine and I'm not going to take it. And you give it back. So those are my two points. Honor God by respecting people and honor God by maintaining your integrity. I started off by saying, how you act reveals who you respect. So I'd, I'm curious, if I could watch your actions for a day, watch the way you treat people, watch the way you handle their possessions and their money, what would it reveal about who you respect? We've been playing this game um, recently a lot as a family. Actually, we've been playing a lot of games recently as a family, but there's this one game in particular we've been playing where uh, each player gets a different role, has a different character, and then you play the game and you try to figure out, uh, based on the way they answer questions or ask questions, who's on what team and who, who, which character is which, you know, just based on what they say. And I wonder if, you know, if we applied sort of the same thing to the way that we uh, interact. If I could talk, see the way you talk to people and the way you handle other people, would I be able to figure out who you respect? Would I be able to figure out whose team you're on? So who do you really respect? Do you respect some people and you treat their, their possessions uh, as such and not respect others? Or do you respect God and therefore treat all people the same? I want to close, uh, I'll close with a prayer. But as I pray, I just, I just challenge you to take a moment, um, give yourself just a tiny little sanctuary. If you want to close your eyes, bow your head, whatever you want to do, give yourself a, a moment and say, Lord, wherever I've been, I want to get on the right track. Whether I have, may have stolen before, maybe excessively bargained before, I want to be more integrous and more honest. Lord, we just take this moment. We thank you for these commandments that direct our lives. Um, we pray that you would help us by your grace to be more honest uh, and to treat other people with the respect and the value that you do. We thank you and we love you. Amen.